This whole hour is devoted to the migrant explosion that is now seen across the nation and the world. The epicenter of which is New York. It was Chicago for a while, but uh, I guess some of the migrants there, the Venezuelans, decided it's time to go back to Caracas. And I'm going to explain that later. Because now you hear all of these Huckleberry politicians screaming how, you know, these these criminal migrants need to be deported. Uh, almost all of them have been Venezuelans to date, but there are others. Well, guess what? I'll go into detail. That's why you don't want to turn this off. You can't deport them to Venezuela because Venezuela won't take them. You have to have a cooperation with a country to deport people there. England, you know where they deport people? Of countries that won't take those uh, their citizens back? Rwanda. They wanted that known. Like, if you come to England and it ain't right, we're sending you to Rwanda. And they're like, I can't even find Rwanda on a map. And then they, they Google it and they said, my God, there were a million people slaughtered in Rwanda. Their heads chopped off. Remember when everybody was going crazy there? Chopping people's heads off? They said, well, man, we ain't going to England. We don't have that here. Australia has that. Now, I'm not going to go into those details now. That's why, forget whatever bowl is on, the, the Taylor Swift bowl with all the Swifties. Keep it right here on WABC. And remember, the most requested, most listened to, the most feedback I get of the many hours that I do at WABC is for the Animal Welfare Hour soon to be broadcast across the nation, syndicated from coast to coast. But let's deal with this. We have had now back-to-back, belly-to-belly, as Andrew alluded to in his call from Mar-a-Lago. We had the Venezuelan thugs beating up the cops. Then we have my situation in Times Square a few days after with the Guardian Angels. And right after that, after I'd been talking about migrant crime, migrant crime, baby-faced 15-year-old Venezuelan with two of his uh, fellow thugs walks into a store that is just uh, just 100 feet from where I was broadcasting, shoots uh, a Brazilian, is on the lam, gets caught. We're going to go into all of that uh, in the next segment. In response to that, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, mayor of the illegal aliens, decided he's going to impose a curfew, thank God, uh, in the migrant shelters. There are about mm, close to over 100 now that service uh, migrants. But it isn't going to be at all the migrant shelters. What, what's he waiting for? Can you give us an update on all of that? Because I'm... Um, I, I don't know how to quite figure this out. Why wouldn't you just do it in all of them? Yeah, I, this is actually kind of weird because it, it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. They're acknowledging that uh, traditional uh, Department of Homeless Services shelters and, you know, they, they have these sort of curfews already in place. So as to why they didn't initially have that as a parameter of the, of the migrant shelters isn't really clear. But, you know, this this has taken a long time. And so initially it really started because the places that are in close proximity, uh, you know, the, the neighbors who were living there were speaking about the, uh, you know, incredible amount of migrants who were coming to the doors, begging for money all hours of the day and night. 
So, you know, in a, in a way they're saying it's in response to that, but it was a bit of a knee-jerk reaction to the kid who just shot at the cops. So, obviously not the the most intense sort of ramifications in the world. Like, you shoot at a cop, so we're going to tell you have a curfew. I mean, it, it's, it doesn't really seem like it's it lines up with what's going on here, and it's only for 20 different shelters. Now, they have over 200 migrant shelters. As to why they picked only a certain handful of them, maybe it's that they're, you know, they're not sure that they can even do this. They want to do a little trial and error to see if the, the migrants sort of, uh, you know, are, are willing to go along with it because they seem to want to placate them at every turn. Um, but that's what's going on. So they're, they're telling people that if you are in one of these 20 shelters, you have to be in each night by 11 p.m. and then you have to stay inside until 6 a.m. Don't quite understand this. Because prior to this uh, order from Eric Adams to impose curfews at only 20 of the migrant shelters, there are many more, he talked about having cameras inside the migrant shelters, which exist in the normal shelters for American homeless, uh, let's call them New York City homeless, uh, blacks, Hispanics, whites, Asians who are from here or who have declared that they have the right of shelter because they're from somewhere else. I, I haven't seen a move to put cameras in the shelters. I know it was announced has have been done. No, no. So, so again, so now this is like another leg of this potential increases in security where it's almost a month ago now that supposedly there was going to be not only security cameras, but also the potential of metal detectors uh, throughout. I mean, hopefully, theoretically, throughout all shelters, but... Uh, specifically a few of them that seem to be having problems, like on Randall's Island, things like that, because what they're saying is that when the people arrive at the shelters, the only screening at this point that gets done is some form of an ID card that they're scanning. So they're not checking their bags. They're not determining whether or not they have any weapons on them. And according to the migrants who are in the shelters, this is what they're saying. They're confirming that almost everyone there is armed with a minimum of a knife, that you have people who are more or less trying to keep to themselves for their own safety, and then you have the cliques happening where you have um, you know, people from different countries of origin who are sticking together. So it's almost like mini gangs going on. So instead of this process of people being assimilated into you know the current culture, you actually have this you know going uh, you know regrading backward because you're saying we have to stick together because no one else is going to have us. They're actually, you know, they're subject to the security that's going on there, which apparently is lax. They're concerned about staying in there. Well, it's interesting because uh, it should have all been done when they were first being put into these emergency migrant uh, shelters. All of this. First off, you need to know, and I've been saying it over and over, New York City police officers in uniform or in plain clothes are not permitted in to the migrant shelters. They've even had to battle sometimes to get in when there's a 911 call because there's a problem in the shelter. Now, they keep them on the outside of the shelter, so they'll have like a two-person police patrol in uniform going around the block, like at the Roosevelt Hotel. Let's use that because that's at the epicenter of the outsourcing. They're not permitted in. Imagine, I've talked to cops outside of the Roosevelt Hotel right there by Grand Central. I said, are you ever permitted in? No. EMTs, fire department, are they permitted in? No, it has to be an emergency where the directors of that Roosevelt Hotel, which is from that crazy nonprofit that Eric Adams uh, signed a no-bid payout 
of $242 million to provide services that they had never been known to provide before. And they run the Roosevelt Hotel. Yeah, when, and when you look at the, uh, even though the contracts, clearly there's a lot of, um, you know, lack of transparency. So it's hard to tell how they're breaking down the cost of what they're getting. But in the massive contracts they're getting, almost the largest single line item seems to be for some level of security. So this is internal security. And we're not even sure what's going on in there because we're not getting a realistic picture. I mean, you know, uh, Adams loves to talk about stats and Comstat and... But yet we're not hearing specifically what's going on in the shelters. How much crime is there? I mean, some of these instances, they might want to report them as a singular instance. I mean, one of these things that precipitated, you know, this desire for having the security cameras oh, was a brawl and knifing outside Randall's Island. You could describe that as one incident, but it was 20 people who were arrested. So, I mean, we're talking about a large volume of people and we're paying for this and they're only now considering, like, we need to get tough on security. Well, where was this thought process, you know, the past year and a half when you've been letting people in? Unbelievable. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.